are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM, where in the break we were discussing the prospect of Dwayne The Rock Johnson being the next president of the United States, <laughs> which I uh, don't think... Well, it's Lawson's not going his to biggest happen. fan. I'm, no, I'm his biggest <laughs> hater. I'm like such a... Anyways, no, we don't, we don't need to talk about him. What we do need to talk about is our next quiz. Yes, indeed. We're up to quiz number four this morning. What animal did the staff of Moses turn into when he went to confront Pharaoh to let the Israelites go? Mm. Mm. An animal that we actually briefly mentioned today on the show. What animal did the staff of Moses turn into when he went to confront Pharaoh to let the Israelites go? Just FYI, when we say the staff of Moses, we don't mean like his people who were working for him. <laughs> we mean like the stick he was carrying. Like his That's working, so crazy. Imagine like all the people yeah. like did like a, Shh, don't say like a cheerleading routine yeah, 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 and yeah. like got and on each other's shoulders. And yeah, the, wow. <laughs> no, okay, so it's his, his staff that he holds in his hand. Yeah, like a rod. Ah, hey. Yeah. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. Again, that number. I'm going to slow down a little bit because I've had people say to me before, Lawson, you read or recite that number so fast. 0491-064-669. If you know the answer to that one, give us a text. Hey, we have a text message coming through from Margie. She says, Lawson and Mon, do you know there are 42 generations from slash between Abraham to Jesus? Interesting fact, hence the short time between the beginning of creation and today. Just interesting. Now, well, Abraham was not present in creation. Um, I, I'm, I'm just blanking. I should have looked this up in the break because we do have a genealogy that goes all the way from Adam to Jesus. So the Matthew genealogy is from Abraham to Jesus. The Luke genealogy of you know, the descendants, oh, well, the ancestors of Jesus goes from Abraham to Jesus. Regardless, both of them are much shorter, have much, many less generations in them that then would be accounted for millions and millions of years of evolution and creation and, and whatnot. It's a, it's a particularly like interesting, um, it's a, it's a really interesting conversation as to, okay, if you reject the idea of a literal six-day creation, well, then where do you pick the Bible story up? Mm. Um, some people pick it up from Adam and Eve in the garden. Some pick it up from after the flood. Some pick it up from the era of Abraham. And some pick it up from the era of Moses, being that Moses was the first writer of the Bible and was writing, you know, looking back at all of those generations and then and then recounting it down on you know um, stone and parchment and whatnot. Um, some people just consider Moses to be a mythological figure and they go, oh, well, who's the first confirmed name in the Bible? They start from the lineage of the kings, like a David. Some, you know, then it's like uh, from around 600 BC, which is like they pick up the Bible story from around the era of the exile into Babylon. But... Ultimately, if you pick it up from anywhere after Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, you're ultimately playing a game of, like, truth chicken. I, I don't know how to better to <laughs> describe it. You're, you're playing a game of truth chicken where essentially uh, you come out on the other end and when you come out of that other end, you go, okay, I don't even know what's true and what's not true. Like, n- nothing in the Bible can be considered 
concrete. So, yeah, it's interesting. And I think that's why the work of creation ministries and creation.com is so important is because as Christians, we need to have confidence in the creation story because it, it can be the only origin of why we have faith in God. Like it, it really can be. If we have any other form of understanding of, of revelation or where God comes from or, you know, anything else, the, the Bible story is inconsistent, particularly if you take into account like the view of evolution. Mm-hmm. It is just completely inconsistent. You, you told me a story during the break about how you had a, a Christian science professor who just straight up said that, oh, yep. Yeah, you know, he was asked during a lecture at an Adventist university in Australia about um, you know, how was creation actually like what about evolution? And he literally said, I think we're far enough, en- enough in our understanding of science that uh, we can uh, agree that God used evolution to create the planet, which was really disappointing to hear in an Adventist institution. But this is something pervasive across just Christianity in general with, well, you mentioned Adventism. Adventism has the strongest belief in creation. Right, out of, that was what of, was so surprising. Out of all denominations in uh, Christianity, we have an 80% belief rate or, you know, 80% of Adventists believe in a literal six-day creation. On the other hand, in other Christian denominations, whether you look at, you know, non-denominational congregationalist churches or mainline um, Protestant churches or Catholicism, it's like 30%, 25%, 35% around this number. I think that, you know, if you look at like IFB, like Independent Fundamental Baptists or you know, Southern Baptist Convention, you know, amongst these, or, or Methodists, like these, or um, here in Australia, like Presbyterians, like these really, you know, Bible-based, Bible-believing denominations and Adventism as well, yeah, we're completely sold out on creation. We're like, yep, 100%, we believe the Bible, but it's becoming more and more pervasive within popular Christianity to say, oh, yeah, you know, God is good and God is real and Jesus died on the cross for me, but also I believe in evolution too. And I'm I'm harmonizing these views because, you know, is it right to, you know, we, we don't need to take a stance on this, but I would say absolutely mm-hmm. we need to take a stance on this. This is integral to our complete and utter and full understanding of, of God, we've got some more. And text quite messages. frankly, you insult God. Oh, absolutely! You, it's like to, to be either hot or cold, don't be lukewarm about it. Be either evolutionist or creationist. Don't say that God used death to create. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I loved the point that he brought up. It's like when God shows Himself to the Israelites and He says, "Worship Me," because in six days I created and rested the seventh. Like. God is affirming the fact that it wasn't a period of millions of years. Mm-hmm. And then for us who keep the Sabbath to this day, we affirm that fact through our Sabbath keeping. We're like, yep, like there is no change as to, you know, the perspective on how long God created the world. And that is because we, you know, he gave us the Sabbath to remind us of that very fact. In fact, the Bible says, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Six days you do all your labor. The seventh is the Sabbath. Um, Do no work. And it tells all your family and everything to do no work. For in six days, the Lord created and on the seventh day, he rested. We have that opportunity to remember that time in which God created, which, by the way, is the only credential that he possess, possesses that enables us to be able to worship him. Mm. The reason we worship God, Revelation 4.11, is because he is the creator of the world and all things. Okay. Hey, we also then want to promote, as we're talking about the Sabbath, we're talking about creation, oh, yeah. um, that we are just giving away stuff for free Th- throughout the month of June, particularly. The June Sabbath challenge. Absolutely. How many Sabbaths are there left in June now? Probably a, a couple. We're, we're, only, we're only halfway through June. 
So. And so, yeah, we're, we're, we're saying to people, uh, try and keep all the Sabbaths in this month. No, no four, four Sabbaths consecutively starting sometime this month. Yeah. Yeah, so that doesn't have to just be these. Oh, okay, Absolutely. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Absolutely. Thank you, Producer Shell. So, yeah, you have the ability to go and keep the Sabbath. And I've actually been having this experience. One of my really good friends, shout out Caleb. He's he's one of my friends from down Avondale. He started keeping the Sabbath at the beginning of the months of June. He's actually visiting China right now and then coming back on Sunday. And um, he, yeah, has been convicted of the Sabbath truth and has been keeping the Sabbath and his life has been super blessed as a result of that. You can also text us the code word Sabbath, just the word Sabbath, and you'll be able to get the Sabbath gift, which is an amazing book, an awesome resource, all about the history of the Sabbath, where it comes from, how God instituted it, and how it is a blessing. And man, we could just spend the rest of the show talking about how amazing the Sabbath is. But Mm. we do have actually a Bible study that is kind of related to the Sabbath as well. Just a couple more text messages here. Oh, Margie wrote in again. She says, I'm just talking about your last guest and his mention of the existence of the earth being young. I'm not denying the existence of creation. Oh, no, we weren't saying that, Margie. It's okay. Just Abraham to Jesus uh, is all I'm talking about. Yeah, absolutely. I think... Yeah, this is uh, we, we wholeheartedly agree with you, Margie. And in fact, the point that I was making is that it goes even further from Abraham to Jesus, but rather from Adam to Jesus. Like we have a lineage of all of those, uh, all of those different creation. Uh, so, sorry, all of those different lineages and all of those different generations from creation, which very much portrays a young earth as well. So you would have to disbelieve what the Bible is saying in the Gospels to be able to harmonize that with a view of evolution because, you know, those generations lasting from Adam all the way to Jesus. Oh, more amazing text messages coming in as well, all about this topic of creation, which we'll read just after this. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. Wayne writes in. He says, good morning, guys. Hope I explained this clearly. I'm in between bus runs. Oh, mate. Getting around, serving the people. That's awesome. Genesis 1, 1 to 5. If you read it, it says God created the heavens and the earth. Pause. Which could have been a long period of time, maybe 1,000 to 4,000 years. The Bible says Genesis 1. 1 and verse 3, um, then God said, let there be light. And then the days began, uh, still created in, you know, six days and the seventh being the Sabbath. Also, days can't be literal 24 hours because isn't that why we have a leap year? Have a great day. Well, no, days are a literal 24 hours. There's a few things with this text message that I'm seeing. I'm like, oh, okay, there's some some interesting perspectives. But firstly, starting with days, days have to be a literal 24 hours. The, the, the fact that it's divided into 24, that's made up by us just to divide time. But that period of time is consistent. It has to be 24 hours because the sun goes up and comes down within that period of time. The reason we have leap year is because of the amount of days in a year. So how many days, how many cycles of 24 hours does it take to go around the sun? Mm. So that's why we have a leap year is because um, it's like we don't have uh, the right amount of days to like to make up for that. So every four years we add an extra an extra day. It's like the Gregorian calendar was like one of the, it's the most accurate way that we can, with a leap year in it, is, it's the most accurate way in which we can calculate um Years and how years are actually taking place to stay in line and to adjust with seasons. 
as well. Um, but it says here, okay, in between bus runs, okay, so we know that's what he's doing, but Genesis 1, 1 to 5, if you read it, it says God created the heavens and the earth. So that's Genesis 1 and verse 1. Uh, it says pause, which could have been a long period of time, maybe 1,000 to 4,000 years. Now, this is the thing. We know that the lineage, as I said, in the Gospels goes from, in, in particularly in the Gospel of Luke, goes from Jesus all the way to Adam, which if you line up and you calculate all the years that the Bible says that each one of those people lives for, which the Bible gives for a lot of those generations, we actually go back to that 6,000. That, that's what creates our 6,000-year timeline. And from if we go the other way, starting in creation, and we see the ages of how long people lived before their next generation was born from the beginning of creation and then all the way through the Old Testament up until Jesus and then up until our day, we also get that 6,000-year um, period of time. Now, that 6,000-year period of time is based on from when Adam you know, started living his life until today. What this is saying then is that, okay, but it could have there been a pause between God creating the heavens and the earth, and, and particularly Genesis 1 verse 1. We're actually talking about this in the break, the, pers- the different perspectives that people have as to what Genesis 1 verse 1 is actually describing. Is Genesis 1 verse 1, when it says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, is it saying that the entire universe... And the earth was created at that moment of creation where God comes upon the the fountain of the deep, the waters of the deep, and creates upon it. Is that when that verse is taking place? And in that verse, everything is created. So that's called a a no-gap theory of Genesis 1 verse 1. Then there's gap theory, which is that um, the universe pre-existed the earth. So there was a universe, and then during... The period of you know God traveling around the universe and creating different planets and whatnot, like he he created the universe and created other life and he created the heavens and whatnot. During that process, he comes to this earth and creates the earth in six days, with seventh day being a rest day. Is that is is that what is taking place in in the passage? Um, and there's two different views of the gap. There's a passive gap, which is that our earth was a watery rock before God showed up. 6,000 years ago and created on it. The other perspective is that our earth was not a watery rock, but had life on it that Satan had destroyed and turned evil. Active gap has a lot of assumptions in it, but ultimately that there was a work of recreation that took place 6,000 years ago. And then finally, there's a view. So you've got no gap, gap, and then finally there's a view and it's called, uh, well, there isn't necessarily a title for it, but it's essentially that Genesis 1 verse 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, is actually just about the creation regarding this planet. So when the Bible says God created the heavens, when people read that, it's, that's where the question comes in, because it's like, if God created the heavens, well, how far does heavens extend? Is that talking about the rest of the universe? And that's why this conversation of gap or no gap comes up. But when you read the creation account, it only talks about creation or God creating things in relationship to this earth being that he creates the sun, moon, and stars that are observable from this earth at the time. He creates the the land on this earth, the water on this earth, the animals and the creatures and the vegetation on this earth, and then finally the humanity that is on this earth, but on both ends of that creation account, being Genesis 1 verse 1, Genesis 2, 1 to 3, it says, and thus God had completed the work of creation of the heavens and the earth. 
Now we can observe that there are further universes and further planets and further existence out there. But all that's described in the creation account is the creation of this heavens and earth. So when it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, you know, that verse is actually only referring to creation in regards to this planet that we live on. And so, you know, whether you have a view of no gap, which is that the entire universe was created at the time of creation, or you have a view of gap, which is that the universe and its creation um, preceded the creation of this earth by some period of time, whether you have that view or not, Genesis 1 verse 1 isn't necessarily talking about that. It's just talking about the creation of the things in this earth. And for myself, I'm inclined to agree with that view. It makes more literary sense. What do you think, Shell? Yeah, I just wanted to comment on the the thought about the literal 24 hours. Mm. Because in actual fact, our days can vary by like um, just yeah, 22 to 29 seconds. Sometimes oh. shorter, sometimes longer. Uh-huh. Because your sunset you know, is sometimes Changing, a minute yeah. out. Um, just depending, but it takes like a week or so for that mm-hmm. to grow. But yeah, it's just uh, because so literally you know, we keep it as twenty four hours mm-hmm. as on our clocks, but it's mm-hmm. it, it's very very close to that as far as the sun goes. Mm-hmm. But it's sometimes up to twenty two seconds shorter, sometimes mm-hmm. up to twenty nine seconds yeah. longer. Yeah, which year. which would which would contribute to then needing a leap year, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I think I think the point that we're ultimately trying to make is that the the record in the account that the Bible gives is accurate, <laughs> and it describes the creation of our world, and it vindicates an amazing character of God who would create us. And what it also does, and I touched on this a little bit in the interview, um, but n- didn't necessarily get time to expand on it with Dr. John Anderson, is that without the view of creation, you make death a process in which God uses to create this world, which makes no sense because we know that death only comes as a result of sin. And God is not the author of sin. He is not the user of death. You know, we are not, uh, we're not uh, dualists in our religious understanding or beliefs. We don't believe in yin and yang, the necessary of evil because of the existence of good. No, we believe that God is holy and solely good and bad that exists on this earth and, you know, in heaven, and you talk about the great controversy and Satan rebelling, all of that sin and evil exists as a result of the autonomous choice of people to disobey God. Um, There's definitely more philosophical questions. It's like, okay, but if God created everything, then where does that evil come from? And I've explained this on the show before, essentially that, yeah, your autonomous decision always creates the risk of evil. And just because of the conceptualization of something that's opposite of something that exists like good and righteousness exists not good and not righteousness just because that's like an opposite that can be conceptualized doesn't mean it has to exist you know evil doesn't have to exist because good exists although it can be conceptualized maybe this uh conversation is a bit too ephemeral and a bit too deep but the point is essentially that with god creating the world in six days it shows us that sin precedes uh sorry that goodness and righteousness precedes sin and that death only comes as a result of our choice and we can believe in a god who will return soon jesus will come back and will take us you know to a new heavens and a new earth will recreate this earth in a state in which sin and death and pain and suffering won't exist that is the thing in which god is trying to save you from and 
there, there is no other explanation that fits in with that narrative other than a six-day literal creation. You can't weave evolution into there. It just does not make sense. If evolution is in there, Jesus is saving you from nothing. So, guys, yeah, I think it's, it's just that is, that is clearly what we see. Also, quick te- text message here. Evolution is a massive denial of statistics. This is from Stuart. DNA is just a blueprint, thousands of pages of information. It is impossible to create it randomly. Then all we have is a stack of paper. Then you need many factories to assemble the parts that you have to source. And that's very much we talked to Dr. John Ashton on the show before. He is one of the leading chemists and by chemists i don't mean you know um chemist warehouse i mean you know chemistry one of the one of the leading scientists here in australia on this topic and it's just like this stuff that we see in our world that is beautiful and amazing and works perfectly in harmony in all these systems just cannot occur randomly it just just cannot you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different Oh man, we have been having a ball here in the studio talking about creation and perspective and and whatnot. And I think, again, we, we were just we were just commenting on yeah some of the text messages that were sent in and some of the different theories that have arisen in Christianity to try ultimately. I, I see it is in some way trying to harmonize with science and subvert the idea of a literal six day creation in which Adam was you know created at the end of who then lived for a certain period of time, which we, like, the reason we subscribe to the idea of 6,000 years is because of the genealogy we're given, right? Mm -hmm. All of the generations have all these years, like this person lived for this long and this person lived for this long and this person lived for this long, and we calculate all that together and we're like, okay, that is 6,000 years. Or it tells us, like, this person lived for this many years before he gave birth to this son, right? And then this next person in the genealogy lived for this many years before he gave birth to the next generation. And so we calculate that as 6,000 years, and that 6,000 years, or roughly 6,000 years, goes then all the way back to to Jesus, essentially. Um, or it goes from Jesus all the way back to Adam. And we're like, okay, this is the account that God is giving. This is the account the, that the Bible is giving. This has to be a literal account. If it's not a literal account, then it becomes a symbolic account. And if it's a symbolic account, then we don't know what to believe. Like what, the, the, the length of time of the Bible and whatnot, it, it just doesn't it doesn't stand and and you you again start to go down that train or, or that track of the bible says some things that are correct but other things are correct and where it is that that line stops we'll never know mm. and then god just becomes speculative rather than real but i think this is the amazing thing about all of this is that no we can observe in evidence and history and and in archaeology, in our you know geology and our observation of the world, as John Anderson was saying, we can observe a a you know evidence that points to a creation narrative period, the creation narrative periods of time. But simultaneously, we can also like we, we can have an amazing personal experience with God that is also founded on and justified by the truth of the Bible. 
And this is what we need because this is the thing. I can know all these facts about creation and and I can absolutely root for the idea that 6,000 years, that's the time period. But if I don't have a relationship with God, then then what's the point of just knowing all this stuff? You know, even like the Satan knows how long the earth, you know, Satan subscribes to a biblical worldview of how long the earth was created because he was there. Like, like he, he saw it take place, but is he going to follow God as a result of it? No. But again, our experience with Jesus can be built on the truth of God's word and we can see it as fact and we can just then be blessed to have a real communion with God. And so, yeah, so much to say on this topic. What we do need to do is give another clue for the quiz (laughs) for our final quiz for today. Yes, okay. What did the people of Gerasenes ask Jesus to do after he cast a legion of demons out of a possessed man into a herd of pigs? Wow. Yeah, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Give us a text. What did the people of Gerasenes, also known as Gardarenes, I looked this up, has three mm. different names, um, ask Jesus to do after he cast a legion of demons out of a possessed man into a herd of pigs? Mm. Get yourself into the draw. It's going to be drawn tomorrow. Get yourself in. Got to be in it to win it. Hey, Lawson, I just got to tell you, when I was a little girl, I remember being told about, you know, the, the earth being... 6,000 years old, but as I, I got a little bit older, not too much older, but I remember at one point thinking, it's been a long time since I discovered about the 6,000 years. Surely we must be up to 7,000 years by now. I'm pretty sure the earth is now 7,000 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Within your lifetime, you yeah, were like, yeah, I was like, like, oh, we're getting closer. I was you know? like, I'm getting kind of old now. It must be 7,000. <laughs> yeah, my little girl understanding. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I remember actually I was going to school at a school here called Hunter Christian School, and they were mandated by the government to teach creation, uh, to teach evolution. Oh. And I remember there was a Christian girl in my class and she put her hand up and she's like, hey, you know, I don't subscribe to this. Like, why do I have to sit here and learn it? And it's like, oh, what a strategy, by the way, being in a Christian school and being like, well, actually, guys, I don't believe this because of what the Bible says. So I shouldn't have to study this and I shouldn't have to do any exams on this and da 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 And the teacher said, this was awesome. I was like, because this teacher, he was a Christian. Shout out, Mr. Carter. I haven't seen these people in literally years, but I just appreciate them so much for the foundational impact that they had on my life. Mm-hmm. And so many times that I thought back to those situations. He says to this girl, he's like, look, I need to teach you this because this is education. We're looking at the model in which uh, many people believe. Um, and I hope that you see this. You understand this and that if you're, you know, you're a faithful Christian and that's what you're professing to be, which at the time I'm like listening to this conversation happen and I'm not. It's like, hey, if you're a faithful Christian and you believe um, the facts to be pointing in a different direction, go and study and look at it and you'll come to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he said, well, personally, I don't believe this either. I don't believe the earth to be created in, you know, well, I don't believe the process of evolution in millions and billions of years, but... You know, this is what we need to understand. This is what's being shared out in the world. And uh, so then I, w- I would love for you to be able to understand this to the best of your ability so that you can have a greater faith in Christ and come to a better conclusion. And I was like, that is epic. Yeah, amen. That is the coolest thing ever. Amen. Like giving people the autonomy to know what's out there rather mm-hmm. than, hi- you know, shielding them or hiding them from things that are untrue, but the autonomy to know what's out there and then prepare themselves to understand why it's true or why it's not true. You know, again, um, 
as Dr. John Anderson was sharing, a lot of Christians come to a cl- conclusion of evolution because they they don't really understand the science either way. And it's like, well, the science just backs up this idea, you know, that the consensus is evolution. And so that's what we should believe and what we should follow. And for some Christians, it's then to harmonize evolution with a Christian worldview. For other Christians, it's to leave the church. Because honestly, again, if you're honest with yourself, you can't harmonize evolution right. and creation. Right. And so Christians are just like, hey, look, I I just don't know what the I, I I don't know how I can believe in Christianity if all I can see is that the observable evidence is evolution, so therefore I'm gonna leave it. There, I think that's an honest perspective. Would you say that there's an argument that if you believed in evolution or even in theist evolution, that that is an indicator that you don't actually understand the character of God or no God. I, I think I think that you could apply that to many different beliefs. I think another one, for example, is um, the perspective on like hell being for eternity. You know the, right. these kinds of things. I think that all of those things contribute. I think all heresy contributes to us misunderstanding who God is. Mm-hmm. Uh, similarly to say Calvinism, you know the un- idea of predestination, like things that. But then, you know, you maybe, maybe you're listening, you subscribe to these views and you're like, oh, well, that's against your view of the character of God. But again, our character of God needs to be based on the Bible. Right. And so our number one primary thing is to study and to understand what the Bible is getting at. And so I think it's incredibly important in the creation evolution conversation to go to the Bible to say, well, is the Bible describing a literal six days? And how does that affect my view of God? And it's like, okay, creation's only, salvation is only possible, really. And so salvation only matters if it's a literal mm-hmm. six day creation. And so you come to that conclusion. And then after you come to that conclusion of like, this is the character of God being portrayed in the Bible, you then look out from the Bible and say, well, can I see this? Can I observe this in the natural world, in geology, all those different things? And what Creation Ministries has done and what creation.com has done is that that exact thing. And as a result of doing that exact thing, they've been able to see that, wow, God loves us so much. Like it, it has enhanced their perspective of the character of God, which again, if our perspective of the character of God is enhanced, I believe that we are then all the more led to repent because that's the ultimate thing. It's yeah. like, what is the outcome that God wants from us? Is it so that we know the time of creation? No, even Satan knows, all the demons know, you know, lots of people who sinned in the past, like like Nimrod and all of the evil people throughout the history of the Bible who, like particularly during the era of the flood, who knew that the flood happened, like all of those people, like Cain and Abel, Cain knew, Cain knew that the earth had been very recently created. But, what Cain needed and what Abel needed and what Adam and Eve needed and what the whole world needed is to repent and to Amen. turn to Christ and to be saved. And, and that's exactly what God is calling us to do. And I hope that our information or our understanding of creation would lead us to be able to do that. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Here in uh, here in Curry, Curry, Australia. You know, Curry is actually kind of a famous city. Is it? Yeah, like the town. Is like it's definitely not a city. Right? <laughs> the, the town of Curry, Curry is actually quite famous internationally. Really? Yeah. You know why? Why? Because a, a whole crop of Australia's most skilled and famous motorbike riders come from a, come from Curry, Curry, Australia. Oh. The two big names being Casey Stoner, who's you know world two time world MotoGP champion, and um, Chad Reed, 
Like these guys are like, maybe you go. I like how you're like, they're world famous and I've never heard of them. <laughs> but like everyone other than you, Monica, knows who these people are. Has like, Shell heard of them? DJ Shell has heard of them? Like Chad Reed is like a household name. Do you know? I'm sure that you've talked to me about him before, so I have heard of him. Yeah, okay. But okay, these people <laughs> in like Bogan Australian culture are like icons and heroes, like okay. particularly a Chad Reed. And so you always hear like when you're watching the American motocross and Chad Reed's riding, it's like, oh, all the way from Curry Curry, Australia. <laughs> it's like, hey, I know where that is. It's like a town in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so, dude, it, it, world ride recognition. There was a documentary done as well where like, because at the time, I think it was 2007, Casey Stoner and Chad Reed. Oh man, I got, I got. We're just talking about motorbikes, man. But hey, give us, some, give us some answers on the. Yeah. Quiz. Okay. So the breakfast show quizzes this morning. Quiz number one: In what year after planting a tree were the Israelites allowed to eat its fruit? The fifth year. Mm-hmm. Finish this proverb: Where there is no vision, the people perish was the word you're looking for from proverbs 29 verse 18 how does the author of first john most often refer to his readers as children and what animal did the staff of moses not the people of moses but like his rod the staff of moses turn into when he went to confront pharaoh to let the israelites go it was a snake what did the people of gadarenes ask jesus to do after he cast a legion of demons out of a possessed man into a herd of pigs they asked him to leave town. Bit rude. <laughs> Get out of here. You just saved us from this guy who's been tormenting us for like ages, but now we're going to ask you to leave. <laughs> yeah, well, because the herd of pigs like ran into the ocean. Yeah, and they're upset that they lost their money. They're like, oh, we lost our, all our ill-gotten gains. Mm. Leave, Jesus. Like, Oh, wow, that's rough. Hey, I got a text message here from Margie. Margie wrote in, she said, Lawson, I'm going to offer you an all-time challenge. I have a friend in Toowoomba who seriously needs help. (laughs) Don't we all? (laughs) His whole idea of the Bible is so crazy. I've asked the Holy Spirit to work on him, but I also think he could do with some serious Bible study. I don't have the time, you know, with packing my house, moving town to help him now. I'll forward a text he sent to me, which will explain my worry. Will you take up this challenge? Margie, I want to say this. I love challenges and I'd love to. And a huge part of my work, particularly last year, like working here on radio, you know, we're always talking about the Bible and doctrine. But then last year I was at Newcastle Uni, you know, meeting with students, giving them Bible studies and having people from all kinds of walks of life, different sects of Christianity um, from, you know, like all kinds of backgrounds, areas, professions uh, in even different countries and different areas in the world. And I would be explaining to them the Bible, but the reason I was doing it at Newcastle Uni and not all over Australia is because I would then lead those people to join my local church. Mm. And I think that it is so important for people, yes, they can get the right view of God, but the right view of God leads to people engaging in Christianity and leads them to become a disciple who follows Christ and, and wins others to Christ. And so, although, Margie, you know, I'm happy to share and send some stuff through if you send me through what he believes, I'm happy to send you some information. I'm not then going to say, oh, Margie, you should do it. But think about, you know, Toowoomba, who's your local pastor? Yeah, is there a Bible worker around there? You know, the Bible workers, the elders of the church. In fact, I have a friend who's about to head up there to start Bible working. Shout out Laura. We've had her on the show before. But um, I really want to encourage you to try and work with the local church. And it's like, okay, this person's, their idea of the Bible is, is super crazy and you want to help them and, and lead them to an understanding that's from God that would lead them then to engage in their local Christian community, I think the best way to do that is through the local Christian community. Mm. We are 
all, you know, there are, there are great teachers all throughout the world who teach the Bible very powerfully, whether they're a Lyle Southwell or whether they're a David Asherick or whether they're a, you know, a Doug Batchelor. And, and that's awesome and that's amazing. But what is also just as powerful and as compelling is when someone who you can personally connect with teaches you the truth from God's word. Amen. And so I want to encourage that to you as well. Hey, our number still zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Text in any questions you have. And we also get Lyle to answer them on a question of the day uh, at the end of, well, it'll be this afternoon today on Thursday. And here we are at the end of the show, spending time together, reminiscing on God's amazing creation. He created mm. us. He redeemed us. He's and that's given the heart of creation. Almost anything that God does is is love. I mean, even the the first line of the book of um, Steps to Christ is yeah. nature and revelation alike. Nature and creation alike testify of God's love. Oh, and it's, that's that, that's what creation is about. It's telling us God's love. That's powerful. Hey, speaking of really cool stuff, we have an ongoing giveaway on the Faith FM website. Head over to faithfm.com.au. And on the landing page on the right-hand side, there's a, uh, a box that tells you 16 different ways that you can enter to win Faith FM merch, something everybody wants. Faith FM jackets, Faith FM hats, Faith FM mugs, all kinds of good stuff. All you've got to do is, uh, is uh, enter. You can just enter once, I think, and you can get yourself into the draw. But there's actually 16 different ways that you can get more chances in. Uh, you can subscribe to the e-magazine. You can tell us what you like about Faith FM by sending an email. You can download the Faith FM app. You can jump onto Faith FM uh, social media pages on Facebook or Instagram, whatever it is you like there. Uh, you can also... Enter a secret code. So there's different shows that um, broadcast from Faith FM, and our show has its own secret code, and it is Wheatbix, W-E-E-T-B-I-X. Click on the breakfast show link, enter the Wheatbix code, secret code, and get yourself in to win some merch. Absolutely, guys. We want to give you every opportunity to be able to win awesome merch and represent us wherever you are, but also to talk faith, to live faith, and to act faith. And you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. God be with you till we meet again. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.